Hey, Max. Nothing strategies that work in the classroom. Cats and kids. You enter the classroom, you can love cats, but you must love kids more. Welcome back, Cats and Kids fans. This is Brad. And Roger. And something different today. We are recording at Brad's house in Stillwater. Not at Roger's uh, condo. So we are surrounded by Max, our cat, who's in the window, and also our dog, Lily, who's sleeping next to us on the couch. Yeah, and we had a little cracker snack earlier, and Lily wanted some. She didn't get any, and now she's sleeping it to... Or sulking. Sulking, protesting, so... (laughs) Well, we're we're here today, and and we're thinking about uh, how important it is to have relationships. And I know we've talked about this before: positive relationships with with kids. Uh, but we're hitting it again because it is, we think, just absolutely essential to try and establish uh, at least an avenue or corridor of respect and communication with kids. So as we've been talking in our last episode, hit on this as well, how not to be just that angry or crabby teacher. But we also wanted to delve into a little bit of how to be nice and reach out to students so that you are more present and they are maybe more open to having conversations with you whether it's in class through discussion or on the side as a mentor-mentee relationship. Right. And uh, I think the word is codify or codify. Anyway, when I was a principal at a school district many years ago, we tried to uh, initiate a program in which for a half hour a day it was the teacher just hanging out with kids, talking to them, whether it was in groups or generally. Uh, and, and we gave a, uh, a little curriculum for the teachers to follow. And I, I thought it was a pretty good program. Well, anyway, about two weeks into it, I have this math teacher come in uh, who seemed to be an outgoing, nice guy, very handsome, came in. And sat down and I said, and we'll we'll call him, I guess we'll call him Brad today. Brad, what's going on? And he said, Roger, uh, and I said, yeah. He said, I, uh, about this program we have with, with talking to kids. I said, yeah, I was going, he said, well, I don't really like talking to kids. And even all these years later, I just, think about what I thought that day was, then what the hell are you doing in the school? And But I didn't say that, and I tried to talk him through it and listen to him. But but here you got a, a, a tenured teacher uh, who seemed to be, I guess, good at his subject, who didn't want to talk to kids. And I, I, I just didn't know what to do, Brad. It was like... Uh, there are people out there who are in schools that are teachers, 
that I guess just don't want to be around kids. Yeah, so it kind of begs the question of what are you there for? Um, we're not saying you have to be there to be their friends. And with, we do have right. teachers that are only there to make friends with students, and, and that's not okay. But it's not okay just to be there to teach the subject. If, if, if you're just about the subject, now maybe the post-secondary levels for you or the research avenues there for you, but at the um, high school, middle school, elementary level especially, you're there to help mold, shape, and connect with people to, so that they can become lifelong learners or at least so that you can give them enough skills for them to be independent, productive citizens. Right, and and this has been probably a conundrum for teachers since the time of Socrates, and and we know that Plato was his student, and that Socrates was put to death in a sense because of his relationships that he was threatening uh, the established government. Uh, with his Socratic method and talking. Asking with, a lot of questions. Ask, his thing was questions. <laughs> uh, so, you know, Brad and I would say probably, Socrates, you good guy, you good teacher. But how how do we get, uh, and, and Socrates only dealt with the, with the elite men, of course, who were highly educated, but but how do we get teachers to reach out uh, and care about kids? And, and you know, then uh, how do we get teachers who are 10 years experience, tenured, who at this point can't really do another career, they have families. How do we get those people to, to recognize kids, care about kids at this point in their career? Well, here's what I'm thinking. If we start from a outside, pers not outside perspective, but a broad sense of um, how do you start connecting with people, even when you're uncomfortable talking to people like the right. um, teacher that you had referred to, maybe part of it is just how you are perceived in the hallway, and in a in a broader sense. I think that as teachers, as you um, grow in the profession, you realize, especially at the secondary level, that a lot of people know, a lot more people know you than you know, or a lot of people oh, recognize yeah. you in the hallway, you know, so maybe that first step for those people that are uncomfortable or maybe ready to be done is to smile in the hallway once in a while. For example, I know I get busy and my family will um, definitely agree with this, that I kind of put my head down and I just go, go, go. When you're walking in the hall, when I'm walking in the hall at times, and it's just me, and a student comes by, I will make eye contact and smile, even if I'm busy, if they're busy, or give like a slight wave hand gesture-wise, um, partially just to be friendly, but you never know what those connections are. Right. It might not be a student you have in class, but it might be somebody that knows somebody and that 
you know, word gets around that although you can be hard or strict or serious about your subjects in class, that um, you're at least open, nicer, friendly. And we're not saying you have to be the nicest person in the world, but we're saying how do you convey to people whether or not this is true, that, uh, that you're likable. Right. And, and uh, as, as with anything, you first have to recognize that you have a problem. <laughs> and, and after that, uh, I, think, I think you have to deliberately write down a list of things you can do to be more accessible, be more open. And that's, as you said, smiling in the hallway, uh, standing at your door saying hi to kids as they come into the room, uh, in the teacher's lounge, oh my goodness, what a place, to say hi to other adults in the building. So it gets to be a habit. And there are, are other things to do uh, as well. I had another teacher <clears throat> who got too friendly with kids and and she was younger, which might have been part of the part of the situation. She would let the kids borrow her car over lunch to run errands. Well, uh, that's going way too far, and she had to be reined in and explained why this wasn't appropriate, wasn't okay. You can't be, as you said, Brad, a a buddy. Right, but at the same time, you can't be uh, Frida, as my old cousin, as we talked about, and she's walking somewhere in heaven. So uh, there's that middle ground, and maybe you have to uh, talk to a teacher who does seem to get it, versus with kids, and just talk to them about it. So you had listed some ideas. So smiling to people in the hall, um, asking people in the teacher's lounge, whether you like it or not, and like right. um, one of our famous quote, quotes, fake it till you make it. Fake it till you make it, baby. Um, fake it enough where, until the part where you start believing in it. Because, yeah, if you're tenured and you're ready to be done, but you're not financially ready to be done, right? then... Don't punish other people because you're still around. Right. And uh, and at some point, uh, I, I don't know, do, do you talk to your principal? Maybe. Uh, uh, hopefully he or she will have, will have that as part of their uh, uh, job description. That, that they encourage the, the things Brad and I are talking about. But you got principles too that, uh, that, that, aren't, uh, that aren't right. And, and, uh, and uh, so they may not be the person to, to go to. Go ahead, Brad. So let, let's talk about some other ideas. Um, one thing you could do within your class, whether it's at the opening of a Monday morning or the closing of a Friday class period, not the end of the day, but the end of each period, just open it up for, hey, how was everyone's weekend? Uh, that's super. 
let's keep it school appropriate. Um, we're going to go around the room. You don't have to respond, but tell me one, tell me one high, one low, whatever. I, I, I had a math teacher who was a few years from retirement at the last place that was principal at, at uh, St. Cloud. And she would start every classroom every day. And I observed her often. Every hour she would start about something about, how was your weekend? Oh, Jim, I see you got a new shirt. That looks great. Where'd you get it? Did you get a Target? I mean, and, the, and she got the kids' attention right away. They knew that they were going to be on call, sort of, with the wall caller, Miss Smith, every day because she would start class that way and she got their attention. So not only did they care that she cared, but it also was the induction to the lesson. Yeah, and it doesn't have to be every day. It doesn't have to be every Monday. Right, but right. The more frequently you do it, whether or not you're comfortable or not, whether or not you feel you have time or not, I believe it pays dividends and helps you to further those connections. Not just with those kids that you seem to relate to or that seem to relate to you, but it helps maybe codify the relationships for those kids that um, only semi-connect in class. It might help you connect with them further. Can I talk about being selfish? Tell me about it. All right. Beyond that, that kids will perhaps listen to you better, I think it makes a teacher feel better that they're known beyond just being this sage on the stage, this person up front filling a job description or a role that the teacher, you feel better about yourself and that people in the building where you spend most of your day are recognizing that you're a person who can reach out and care about others. So from that, I'm wondering, and we don't have to answer this, but I'm wondering if part of that don't smile till Christmas or people that get stuck in that rut don't necessarily feel that feedback from their audience, that positive feedback, right. and that's how they get into that position. And maybe that's what this podcast is about today, right. is ways to start breaking that trend for yourself so you can start getting that feedback again. Not that you're looking for the congratulations or I love you, Mr. Zeman, <laughs> but just ways to connect on a human level again with the people in your classroom. They're right. not just students. Right. And I think in a future podcast, you and I have to talk about uh, the boundaries of where yeah. the teacher who reaches out and cares doesn't cross over into this teacher who let her kids borrow her car to run errands. We'll talk about both sides. Of we'll that talk strategy. about both sides. Exactly. So is that it for today, Brad? Yeah, so... I love being in your place. We got uh, Max, the kitty, sleeping on a blankie. We got Lily in her little dog bed. And all is right with the world. Have a good day. Thank you, everybody.